You're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Kara, and in a moment, you'll hear the voice of my lovely co-host, Becky. This is part two of a two-part episode where we discuss my first year of transitioning. Enjoy! recently posted on her Instagram, I think her Facebook is our Facebook page as well. Yep. And she had a link where you could go to anonym anonymously submit uh, your questions for her for this specific episode. So we are going to dive into those. All right, let's go with the first question. I like this one. Have you picked up any new hobbies since coming out that you hadn't felt comfortable doing before? Shopping. Mm-hmm. And selfies. Nice. And so when I when I saw this question, those were my first two instinctive responses. And I want to tell you, I mm-hmm. judged myself. I'm like, oh, Kara, that's so shallow. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's internalized misogyny. Because why do we automatically consider these things that predominantly women do as shallow hobbies? Like... You know, mm-hmm. yes, there are ways to be shallow with shopping and with selfies, but there's way to be to be shallow with other things, right? S- so it's not. And shopping has been so valuable to me, right? In terms of like affirming myself and finding like clothes and shoes. Like I love, I love shoes so much now, Becky. And I never mm-hmm. used to. I never used to like <laughs> shopping for clothes. I just would go and find something that fits my tall body. And buy like five of them, and that would be it. And I'd oh, wear. Oh, I remember. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> I remember those days. Yep. <laughs> and now I love shopping. I I enjoy it. I enjoy thinking about what is this going to look on me. You know, how is mm-hmm. this going to make me feel? I love shoes. I love heels. Like I'm a tall bitch as it is, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm gonna wear block heel booties because they make me feel powerful. Yeah, you rock them too. Thank I you. mean, everything that you've worn and that you've bought, you're totally rocking. Yeah, like I didn't expect to develop this like fashion sense and like mm-hmm. enjoy this so much. So that's been a surprise if anybody wants to kind of know like what has been surprising about my transition. Um, yeah. And, and I also want to add like I'm really happy how much more I'm into shopping because it gives us something to talk about, right? And it's like... You know, before I would be like, yeah, I'll go shopping with you and watch you kind of like browse, but kind of be disinterested. And you can can attest to that. Like that was totally what I was like. And (laughs) now I'm going to be diving right into those racks with you looking for those deals. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Um, And then as as for selfies, I would take a selfie maybe like once every couple of months prior to my mm-hmm. transition. So it's like anytime somebody wanted a headshot of me or something, I'd, I'd have a, I have a folder on my computer and go into it and be like, oh, 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 that's like three months old. Okay. I wouldn't say I hate photos of myself, but it just it never felt quite right. 
now I'm, I'm literally taking a selfie every single day because I'm kind of like documenting, you know, as I change and as my fashion sense changes and stuff. And uh, that's why I created the Transcara Instagram account because I, I wanted to document this and show people photos without like bombarding my friends with new photos every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so selfies have become very important to me. And I, I totally understand now why mostly women, but people of all genders will post selfies online for those comments and those likes. It's very affirming. Like every time somebody comments on one of my photos and is like, you know, I love your makeup. I love your dress. Like, I'm just like, like, I don't need that to feel good, but I'm mm. not going to lie. It helps. And I love just looking at my photos now and I look happier. Like my smile mm -hmm. looks bigger my eyes look brighter and it's not just the makeup it's <laughs> like the person staring back out of those photos is the person i'm supposed to be becoming yeah love it couldn't agree more also okay i i do actually i really love this one too this was the one that i was like wow like i this is a great question that i didn't even think of somebody asked have you had slash have an idol, icon, role model, or someone you looked up to, trans or not, who helped slash inspired you with your transition? In all honesty, Rebecca, you're kind of a role model to me. Oh my gosh. You're going to make me cry. I know. Too bad. <laughs> Just in the sense of like, I think of you as somebody who is fearless and that is the mm -hmm. word I have decided to adopt for my transition. Mm -hmm. I'm telling people right now, uh, the word for Kara is fearless. And, you know, yes. I look at you and how, like, you moved to a whole different city, uh, got so much better at French. You didn't have a job at the time. You started your own business during a pandemic. Like, you inspire me to get out of my comfort zone, to go for things just because you know that's what you want, even if you're not sure how it's going to end up. Like, I I really, as like, I know that I've taught you stuff, including like how to take it easy mm -hmm. and relax and take care of yourself. So our friendship yep. is definitely a two-way street, but I would be remiss if I didn't cite you as a role model. Damn. <laughs> I'm like, totally honored i did and i also didn't expect you to say that i so. know you did it uh and i so i do i do have one or two others uh, but these these are more like fictional characters so um the tv show supergirl on the cw mm -hmm. has been important to my transition in recent seasons they brought on a trans character played by the trans actor nicole mains so that was very powerful because even before I realized I was trans, I was seeing this trans person on TV every week and, you know, everybody accepted her and they fought for her. And I loved that. And then, of course, the character of Supergirl herself and her alter ego, Kara Danvers. I look up to her because she's flawed and she's feminist, but she often makes mistakes in a very white feminist way of, you know, forgetting intersectionality, kind of not always considering it from other points of view, she has to learn a lot. And when I lay in bed wrestling with, okay, if you're trans, what's your name going to be? The mm -hmm. name Kara popped into my head. 
because I want to be like Cara Danvers, as portrayed mm. by Melissa Benoist in Supergirl. So she's a role model, even though she's a fictional character. I want to be like her. I want to always be learning, always be trying to to get better, um, mm-hmm. always believing in the best in people. And I I, I said that name, Cara, and I'm like, that's me. It, it feels right. Yep. And that's how I picked my name. And it actually was way easier than I expected it to be. Hmm. <sighs> Ooh, I just got chills. I love, I, I mean, I've heard this story before, but I just, I love it every time. I you know. Say that. It's just... I know. <laughs> and I'm also really happy, like, side note, this is, this is like a selfish reason, but <laughs> I'm really happy that you didn't pick a name that like I associated with someone else. Right. Or like that left like a bad taste in my mouth. You I know. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not a super common name, which helps. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any Kara's. Mm-hmm. Like there were some other names where I'm like, but I know people that name. Um. <laughs> okay, this is a question for me because mm-hmm. I'm just super curious. So, is there something you would have wished you'd known before transitioning? Like, if your future self could have, you know, talked talk to your past self like was there something you wish you would have like known well i kind of wish i'd realized i was trans earlier so that my old name wasn't plastered across the internet (laughs) Mm. there's that there's Mm -hmm. like that practical aspect of it Hmm. i think i just wish that i had been exposed to more trans people before Mm -hmm. not only because i think it would have helped me realize earlier in my life but it would give me a better sense of what it is like to transition and to be transgender. I feel like Mm. despite having access to probably more resources than most, because I'm pretty privileged, you know, living here in Canada, being white, having Mm. a fair amount of uh, money and uh, a, a stable job and stuff. Like I have resources. I got to go to some workshops before lockdown started and stuff. Even then, like, I feel like I've been having to navigate a lot of this by myself just because there's not a ton of resources specifically targeted towards older people who are transitioning. I think it's a lot more common since about 2014, 2015, for there to be more resources for children and teenagers who are starting transition, which is great. I I mean, I'm all in favor of it, like... You know, if you know, you know, and you deserve support and your parents deserve support, too. So that's fantastic. But so many people real are realizing they're, tr- they're trans in their late 20s, early 30s like me, even into their 50s and 60s. And it's like it feels a little isolated because you have a different life at that point. So mm-hmm. I think I, I wished I had being exposed to more diverse narratives of transness and transition before transitioning so that I would have more experiences to draw upon. Mm. That's a good answer and one that like I one that makes sense, but I wasn't expecting you to say. So yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, the juicy stuff. So, was your family supportive 
Did anyone cut you out of their life for coming out as a trans woman? Okay. This is an interesting set of questions. For the first question, Mm -hmm. yes, my family has been very supportive. Some of them it's taken longer than others just to sort of get used to the name and the pronouns and stuff, which kind of makes sense. You know, they're the people who have known you for the longest. And I'm not going to lie. It's hard. And it does hurt sometimes. Like any trans person will agree. Anytime you're misgendered, anytime somebody messes up your pronouns, it hurts. But there's a difference between people who are trying and people who aren't. And it's pretty obvious. You can tell the difference. And my family's trying. And I feel very lucky because a lot of trans people, that's not the case. So my family Mm -hmm. has been supportive. Now, as far as did anyone cut me out of their life, that's such an interesting way of phrasing that that question. And I'm assuming that all of these questions are coming in good faith, right? I don't want to um, shame anybody who asked any of these questions. But yeah. it, you know, it's interesting that you phrase it that way as if the issue is me being trans. So I, w- I would turn that around and I'd say uh, yeah. if anybody didn't support me, uh-huh. I, would, I would cut them out of my life. Like, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> so. And has that happened? Not that I know of, no. Okay, okay. I that's mean, good. I, I mean, think that's, that's just a testament of how good I am at choosing my friends, right? And there you go. I yep. was supportive of trans rights before I realized I was trans. Like, I was always mm-hmm. about talking about trans rights, acknowledging that trans women are women, you know, non-binary mm-hmm. people exist, trans men are men. Like, so, yep. you know, if anybody had disagreed with that even before, I, I would hope that I would have cut them out then, right? Like, I'll yeah. say that right now. If you know me and you don't agree that trans people are valid, like GTFO. Um, Exactly. So that's my answer to that question is I'm going to cut you out of my life uh, if you don't support me. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's just no tolerance for that. It's just like if that's like how you're thinking, then it's just like I totally agree with you as well. Someone was saying stuff like that it's or like racist or sexist comments or or any of those like bullshit things it's just like i don't want to be friends with you well because it's never the one thing right like if somebody comes out as being transphobic they're probably Mm -hmm. also homophobic they're probably also racist they're probably also misogynistic because the same arguments that are being used right now to oppress trans people and take away our rights are identical yeah. to the ones that were used in the 80s to oppress gay people. Like, the the they're literally yeah. taken word for word. You just find and replace gay, and you put trans in there. Like, <laughs> it's not original. So, you know, it's it's it comes down to the fact that trans rights are human rights, and I support human rights, so of course I support trans rights. Mm, nice. Same here. So this is a question that I have for you. As you've been transitioning and throughout this whole process, have certain thoughts or the way you've thought about things, could be anything also, Have has it changed? Yes. I mean, part of transition is, like I said earlier, 
you're reevaluating your relationship with yourself and your body and mm-hmm. with the people around you in your life. You know, I, I have just as other people have to get used to calling me Kara and using she, her pronouns for me. I had to get used to doing that. And maybe that's something that yeah. y'all didn't realize. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I would dead name myself at first for a while when I was talking to myself and stuff. And I think it's really interesting. I don't anymore. Like, I, and I wasn't sure yeah. when that would happen, but it has happened um, within this mm. first year. I think of myself as Kara. When I talk to myself, mm-hmm. when I think about myself, it's Kara, which is fantastic. But that was a process for me. And yeah, getting used to calling myself a woman and asserting that, yeah, you know, that took time. and And I felt like an imposter sometimes. I still feel like an imposter more often mm-hmm. than I would care to admit. but that that is our society. That's the fault of our society. That's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. I guess you've like mentioned maybe one before was the the whole like selfie situation because it's like maybe previously you were thinking like oh that's like what vain people do like I'm not vain or or whatever but then it's like once you've transitioned and you realize that like oh actually like people take selfies for like a multitude of reasons and I like the way that it makes me feel and I like to document the process. So actually now I do like selfies. Yes. And same with shopping. Yeah. I've, I've changed. I've totally yeah. changed the way I think of shopping. I think of clothes. I want, you know, I want a hundred dresses. Makeup. Like, makeup. Yeah. We did a whole podcast yeah. episode on that. Like I've always liked certain things that we would describe as, as feminine in our society. And, and I think mm-hmm. taking the gloves off and being like, yeah, I'm a woman has allowed me to embrace that a bit more fully. Whereas mm-hmm. before, maybe I would have hesitated to do those things. I'm like, yeah, let's do a spa day. Let's do a girly day. Like, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I've realized, and I, I knew this kind of going in, I suspected it, and this is just kind of being confirmed. I'm a very mm-hmm. girly girl. <laughs> like, I want to wear tights yeah. and dresses. I want to wear makeup. Uh, not so much into like the pink and frilly stuff, but like, I'm not a tomboy girl. And, and I've, I figured yeah. that out pretty quickly. That's just yep. part of my personality. So it's like now I'm kind of leaning into and embracing this stuff. But it's also like, I got to learn all this stuff. Like, this mm-hmm. is stuff that for cisgender women, whether you want to do it or not, most of you do learn this, you know, in your teens and stuff, like managing hair, putting on makeup and stuff. Like, that's just something mm-hmm. we teach people we've assigned girl at birth. And, and it's not something we teach people who are assigned male at birth, really. So it's a big learning curve and I'm really, I'm glad that I've got friends like you around who are willing to, to teach me or give me ideas and advice at least. And, uh, I, it's exciting, but it's also like a struggle sometimes. So somebody asked, how do you speak about your past to friends and family when reminiscing about something? How do you refer to yourself? How would you want others to refer to something in the past? I'm assuming like about you. This is a great question. Yeah, this is a great question. And so I think it also relates to one of my questions is like, how can others support you best? Thank you. Yeah. So I'll I'll sort of take this bit by bit. Um, Yep. I am Kara. I was Kara in the past. I am Kara now. So whether or not you're somebody who knows my dead name and it's not that hard to find unfortunately on the internet 
that's it's been retired. So yep. even when we are discussing me in the past, we mm-hmm. call me Kara and we use she, her pronouns because yep. that acknowledges and respects the fact that even though I haven't always realized and haven't always lived as a woman, I am a woman and I have always been a woman. I, th- I think that's a very clear, sorry, mm. I, th- I think that's a very important point I want to stress is transitioning doesn't mean I'm becoming a woman. I have always been a woman because this is about identity. Transitioning is just making my gender expression and the way I present myself to the world congruent with this identity that I've always had inside. Mm -hmm. Nice. That was a great way of explaining that. Yeah. So, you know, it's as simple. And you and um, my other friends are really good at doing this. Like, you know, we'll be talking about something from the art gallery and, you know, you yeah. just you just sub out the names and you just sub out the pronouns and uh, you're doing a great job and I love it. And that's oh, exactly what I want. It's so easy, honestly. Like, I don't I, I feel like at the beginning, sure, because I was used to calling you your dead name, obviously. But yeah, because I remember even at like we had that conversation of like, OK, like how how would I refer to you in the past? And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, just say Cara. And I'm like. Okay, actually, this makes things like a lot easier because oh, yeah. it's not like I have to interchange between two names, and it's like that makes total sense. You've always been a woman, so it's like mm-hmm. you know I'm going to respect that and call you Kara no matter what, past, present, future. <laughs> so, so that gets into being respectful and your question of how others can support me best, and, and part of that is you know when I'm with mixed company in terms of like people who knew me pre-transition and people who are just getting to know me i mean it Mm -hmm. might be fairly obvious that i'm trans i don't exactly pass as a cis woman and that's a whole separate conversation that we can have at another time but um even if it's obvious i'm trans and even if i'm open about being a trans person and being visibly trans which i i personally think it's important that i am because i want other Mm -hmm. people to see that trans people exist (laughs) if we are real However, it's not anybody else's place to Mm -hmm. tell other people that or make that a central part of me, right? So it's like, I don't want you introducing me to your friends as, this is Kara, she's trans, or, you know, Kara's coming over today, by the Ah. way, she's trans. Um, Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's just like, my friend Kara's coming over. That's all you need to know. I don't want want people... telling other people oh you know she's a trans woman i'm just a woman Mm. and and, yeah you know trans is an adjective that's why we put a space trans space woman it's an adjective Mm. used to describe the type of woman i am when that is relevant to the topic of conversation but you might as well say i'm a tall woman or i'm a brunette woman right like those are all adjectives that could be relevant at a certain point in time Mm-hmm. So going back to the whole, like, how do you refer to yourself? You know, if we were going to be switching back and forth between Kara and my dead name, you'd basically just be outing me to every single person you talk to when you're reminiscing right. about me, right? And it's like, we don't want that. Yeah. Nobody who doesn't already know my dead name needs to know that about me. It's not relevant information anymore. Uh, so that's, you know, how can people support me? People can support me by doing things that very obviously affirm my identity is a woman. So call me girl. Uh, call yeah. me. I don't mind if you call me a bad bitch. I'm pretty comfortable with that. <laughs> um, 
Thanks to Becky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I fully corrupted you. Wow. I, I love, love it. it. Compliment me on my dresses if you want. You're not objectifying mm-hmm. me because I picked out my dresses, right? Like that's important, I think, with women in general. You know, compliment them on their choices, not on their attributes. Ooh, <laughs> I need like a quote or something. <laughs> I need that like in like a plaque of that. <laughs> Back me up. Like there are mm. times when I may be feeling a little bit less confident you know, if I'm in mm-hmm. a group of women and, and sorry, in a group of cis women, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm feeling that imposter syndrome and stuff. So like do things that include me, that make it clear that you're accepting me into this space nice. for tr- for trans women in particular right now. One of the the, the biggest struggles we face is uh, transphobic people, uh, including cis women telling us we don't belong in women's spaces because we're actually men who are just pretending to be women, sometimes to be predators. <laughs> and Oof. so I, I'm not going to lie. Just, like so gross to say I know. that. Like, I'm, I'm excited to go out after the whole COVID thing is done and we can go talk yeah. to people again. I'm excited to go out and, like, discover what I'm like as a woman in just, like, general company. But yeah. I am nervous because... Mm. Becky, you can walk into any women's space and they just accept that you're a woman. They don't question it. If I walk into right. a woman's space, there's always this potential that I won't be welcome, that they'll ask me what my genitals are like. You know, using public bathrooms is something that gives me anxiety now. I I really value uh, my friends supporting me by having my back. Wow. I think that's it's it's really enlightening hearing your perspective because it's like obviously I don't know how you feel like as a cis woman like I that wouldn't like cross my mind you know what I mean so thank you for sharing that and I will do everything to support you and to continue supporting you so I can go into the woman's change room and the law is on my side the human rights code is on my side but in the moment, that does not matter at all because it would still cause probably a confrontation of some kind and I would have to fight. Yeah, which you don't want to have to do. Yeah. That's how others can support sense. me. Others can support me by taking that pressure off me to fight, by you know ah. making sure that the spaces they invite me into are inclusive and having yep. my back when it turns out, whoops, this person's actually transphobic. Right. Yeah. Being trans is not all I am, but it is It is who I am. It is not mm-hmm. a lifestyle choice. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not something I can put aside. You know, it, it's yeah. not something where it's like, oh, yeah, Kara. Well, for today. Like being vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not something where it's like, yeah, Cara, well, you know, I talked about it with the others and you're just going to have to go with the men today. Like, that's it doesn't work that way. I'm a woman. Yeah. And if you support trans people, you support us always. Yeah, totally. What aspects of yourself are the most masculine other than the most obvious? And what masculine parts of yourself do you feel are important to your identity? This is another interesting question that seems to be making some assumptions. So here's how I'm going to respond to this one. 
There are no parts of myself that are masculine because mm-hmm. I am a woman. And therefore, by definition, everything I do is feminine. Mm-hmm. If I put on makeup, that's feminine. If I fix a car, that's feminine. <laughs> um, you know, that's how I subscribe to masculinity and femininity is if you're a woman, everything you do is feminine. Whether or not we think of it as typically masculine in our society, that's society's mm-hmm. problem. You know, if yeah. you're a man, everything you do is masculine. If you're a man and you wear dresses, that's masculine. Yeah. You know, we might say you're dressing in feminine clothing or women's clothing because that's how we describe it. But it's not a feminine act because you are a man and therefore it makes it masculine for you. Hmm. Or if you're a man who like likes shopping or... Exactly. I was just curious, but... Because I don't know if I fully know the answer to this, but okay. is there any part of your, let's say, past self, past life um, that you miss? Great question. I do miss, to some extent, my dead name because I liked that name. It worked for me for mm. a long time. Some trans people hated their dead names. That's not my experience. Yeah. However, um, I realized very early on that letting go of that name was a very important part of my transition. So it it was valuable to me for a time, and I I have to move on from that. I miss the simplicity of not having to think about my gender every single day. Mm. When you're trans, you're constantly thinking about your gender, and you're thinking about how you're coming across to people you're thinking about the kinds of assumptions they're making, how they're reading you. It's exhausting. I didn't have to do that for 30 years of my life. You know, I, I wouldn't say I had male privilege even when I thought I was a man because I think that's a misnomer. But because we all assumed I was cisgender, I had mm-hmm. privilege in that I just put on my clothes right. and I left the house. And nowadays, I think so much more about how is this outfit going to come across? You know, should mm-hmm. I put on makeup today? How am I going to do my hair to feel a little bit more feminine? So that that's part of my transition that's a little bit of a struggle right now. And I, I do miss when times were simpler. But just as a testament to the complexity of being human, I'm happier now than I was back then. So although I miss yeah. that simplicity, I don't ever want to go back to that, right? Like, right. I, I know that I am happier with this complexity in my life because it is a complexity that is allowing me to grow in a way that I would never have let myself grow. I, I feel fearless now. I am doing things and taking chances that I wouldn't have done if I hadn't started my transition because I think I was holding myself back. And now I'm not. I am unchained and I am free and I am ready to take on anything. Woo! Hashtag fearless. Love it. Well, Kara, um, as I previously said, I am so proud of you. I love seeing you on this journey. I am here for you. Um, I'm here for the shopping and the makeup and the spa days And I'm just excited to see what life has to bring for you in 
in the coming year, in the next coming years. And I love it. You're glowing inside and out. Thank you. So, yeah. And I hope that the answers in this podcast have helped people. I honestly, Mm -hmm. I love it when people ask me questions because talking about this helps me process and explore it for myself. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's a big deal for me right now, and I love talking about it. I'm kind of obsessed about it, so um, (laughs) I I should be. (laughs) I'm very open to questions from anybody. Uh, If it's ever too personal, I just I won't answer. And there there were a couple there were a couple of questions people asked. I'm just like, eh, I don't really want to talk about that on the podcast. Uh, Yeah, people sometimes get a little bit too obsessed with the medical aspects of transition especially when it comes to like surgery and genitals and stuff. And right. um, I think it, it's valuable for trans people to talk about that for other trans people, because obviously there's a lot of misinformation and curiosity out there. But, yeah. you know, I really want to emphasize for the benefit of cis people here. I am not my genitals. Um, yeah. And it's none of anybody else's business. Exactly. Um, so it's, I understand that it's natural to be curious because it's not something that we have a lot of understanding about in our society because we're not educated mm-hmm. about it, but, uh, I'm not super interested in talking about that I, from time to time. If you catch me on a good day, I'll tell you a little bit about my hormones. Um, cause it is exciting. I'm excited to be growing boobs. Let's, let's put it out there. But, yeah. but yeah, I, in general, I'm super open to questions. If you're curious about my experience of being trans, uh, if you're trans and you want to talk to me, I am open. So, Rebecca, how do people ask questions about this? Yeah, so we have a Facebook page. We just like to talk. We also have an email. We just like to talk at gmail.com. And we are on most uh, platforms for podcasting. So just type us in and you'll find us. All right. Well, here is to <laughs> my second year of transition and Yay! all of the change that's going to come with it. And I'm really happy that you're along for me on this ride. I love it. Cheers to that. <laughs> <laughs>